Ascension Kingdom Hospital medical staff, attention. You scream, I scream, we all scream. Interminably, at different volumes. From the long bursting to silent suffering. From your first breath to your last. The scream is the same scream. For ice cream. This concludes your announcements. Stay tuned for dessert. Dairy Public Radio. Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, a bi-weekly Stephen King book club podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Kahn, alongside CM Alexander. Hello, everyone. And Benjamin Graham. Hey, constant readers. And today we are covering episode two of Kingdom Hospital, and we have CM leading our discussion. CM, take it away. Thanks, Josh. Before we get started, I want to take a minute to remind everyone that we are recording remotely during the shelter in place, so please forgive our audio quality for these Kingdom Hospital episodes. Okay, so in episode one of Kingdom Hospital, we met our main characters, because that's kind of how you do it, and (laughs) one of them got run over by a truck, and we met a metaphysical anteater, ant bear, and a ghost named Mary, and some pretty cool stuff happened. It was a fun episode. And in this episode, I think we start this off arguably in the best spot that we could possibly start it off. (laughs) Is that because Stegman gets shit on some more immediately? Yeah, because we get even more of this goddamn scene that would not end last episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we pick up immediately back with the street toughs that were lightly mocking Stegman on the street as he was parking his car. And an old man kicks his car and goes, and it's, it's something. (laughs) Andy takes the bag off of the sign, the handicap sign. So hopefully he'll get a ticket. Damn it. Shouldn't do that. Oh God. I hope every episode, there's just one point that comes back to see the progression of his car. (laughs) And those same four people standing in a line for no Still minding their own business. (laughs) Yeah. And and this guy, we see him again later, but he gives the hooligans a high five, which I kind of appreciated. (laughs) Um, So this episode, surprisingly, I I thought it would take place like maybe the next day or something. It opens very (laughs) shortly after the doctor's meeting comes to a close. It's literally seconds later because the last episode ended with this, this earthquake and it starts back up with Stegman and, um, oh, Ed Bagley Jr., whatever his character's Jesse name James. is. Jesse James, dude. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> a super fitting name for a character that's just kind of a goofball. I'm liking him more and more, and I don't know if I'm going to regret admitting that or not. So Stegman and James are discussing the frequency of the earthquakes. They've had three so far in the last year, which means that we've seen two of them. <laughs> I, I think that I think he means not counting today, but I'm not positive. Yeah, that's a good. I did not catch that. That is a weird way to put that. We've had two or three, or we have two today. Yeah, okay, it's happened once before. It's been a busy day for earthquakes. Stegman is there to complain about Doctor Hook. What did you guys think about Jesse's response? The fact that Jesse doesn't give a fuck. He yeah, he's like well, my son would say illness sucks a lot of people get sick end of conversation but i mean and i thought it was the end of the conversation because this first like 10 minutes of this episode or maybe it's a whole episode and i just got used to it 
cuts so many times between storylines that yeah. I kept like I was making furious disjointed weird notes because I'm like wow well that's a I mean I know Stegman's a dick but he just really dismissed him hard and then we come back to them like three more times <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I, it's it makes sense that Jesse James has hooks back like you can tell they have a relationship and Stegman's hissy fit is not going to derail that we cut hard to Mr. Hit and Run. He is singing the Red Dragon Tattoo song, which is what Peter was listening to when he got hit. And I think it was on Hit and Run's radio at the time. I yeah. think they were both listening to it. At was once. it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least oh. that's the way it went with the way they edited it. Okay. It sounded like it was coming through his stereo and through the disc man. He is at his home just singing, having a good time, super high, drunk, something. And he is climbing up a ladder to do some work on his roof. And I was like, why does he have white stickers all over his body? <laughs> yes. What are those patches? He, I assumed they were like Nicorette patches. I thought they were painkillers. But like, they are all over him. Yeah. And he is busy. They could be painkillers because he is doing... The worst inebriated acting. <laughs> like, you think so? Like a high school play where one character is supposed to be drunk and they're like, well, I've never been drunk, but I think it looks like this. <laughs> Funny you say that because that's exactly how I am when I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> you, you get drunk and decide to do some roofing. Every damn time. <laughs> we have to hide the ladders when CM gets drunk. An officer pulls up. We finally learn Hit and Run's name. It's Dave. And the cop's there to talk about the accident. And Dave is just exhausting to watch and listen to. And he's so <laughs> drunk that he accidentally talks himself into admitting right to the cop what he did. Okay. It, it's not even... It, he, he doesn't have to talk himself into it. Well, because no, that, that's not the right like word. the first thing he says. <laughs> It's the writing is like the cops like so uh your your car's smashed up what's that about and he's like well I didn't hit that artist oh shit and then he falls <laughs> off a roof yeah, man that header off the roof is pretty awesome okay did he jump or did he fall he fell I think he fell but more importantly than that is we we go from that scene we cut to the ambulance the the ambulance uh, oh, paramedics but first, from the last episode. Before that happens, though, when he falls, his dog basically calls him oh. a dipshit, which I guess. So in the first episode, I, I didn't give a second thought to animals being able to talk. I was like, oh, that's cool. But when his dog talked, I'm like, well, now this doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, there's a certain point where you're like, OK, is this just an artistic license? Are we not supposed to think about this as much <laughs> as, as we are? Right. It's just weird. And it happens later on in the episode, which we'll get to. Anyway, we, we then cut to the, the paramedics from the last episode, whatever their names are. They come and they're making a big deal. They're like, oh, my God, this is so much like yesterday when we've got that artist. It's so it's so similar. It's different. No, it's not. It's literally another <laughs> accident. You are paramedics <laughs> yeah, in an ambulance. A guy fell off his roof. Oh my God! Does that make? Does that remind you of that guy that got hit by a van? No. Why would? It? <laughs> what if he fell off the roof onto his own van? I mean, it almost uh... looked like he did. Yeah. Almost. 
Two people killed uh, by the same van. What is this van, Christine? Ooh. My my other problem, I don't know if you guys caught this, that when they have the guy, he's like flatlining and they're trying to they're they're doing CPR and stuff. And they're like, oh, it's not working. And one of the ambulance uh, the one of the paramedics goes, hey, it's not working. I'm gonna try some epi. What? I'm not <laughs> a doctor. Neither are they. <laughs> But hurry, give him some epinephrine in case he's allergic to falling off the roof. What? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'd really love to. I'm going to call my, my dad's a, my dad's a nurse. I'm going to call him and ask about the, the medical, the medical accuracy of this show. Ironically, Peter Rickman is allergic to getting hit by vans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We cut back again with Stegman and James and he is doing the thing I love him for just trying to get his merch out there. He's so excited and genuine about it. And he's like, (laughs) Oh, Dr. Stegman, isn't this awesome? And Stegman is like, no, we still don't know what the fuck this morning air thing is. No idea. He's excited because he's like this button. I added sun rays to show that it's a, it's a new morning. At Kingdom Hospital. I feel like it's just a a morale booster, like, sales thing. I don't think there's anything behind it. I think he's just trying to push off these, like, almost like patches or buttons. Like, hey, guys, you earned a patch because you're being positive today. Here's here's my theory. Dr. Jesse James is starting a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It is super weird that this hospital has merch. (laughs) Oh, and then they do the thing that I hate. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I wish I wish you guys could see what Ben just did. Actually, I don't yeah, because it's horrible. We're video conferencing this episode, <laughs> so uh, we can annoy CM uh, as much as we want. And yeah. I should clarify: I just hate dumb gestures that are fucking stupid. All other gestures are fine. Anyway, <laughs> this this show is has these moments of like cartooniness. Like with the talking animals, yeah, and the weird thing about Hook's pants being unzipped—that was hilarious. They're unzipped for so long, (laughs) and it becomes such a big deal that affects nothing. But it's like (laughs) just a weird cartooniness. I really wish every single time Jesse Doctor James did his little blowing on his thumb that it made a whistle noise. <laughs> I wish I wish it would go or just make a weird kazoo noise. What is this show? It needs more nonsense. All right, hear me out. What if he had a fake hand that was also a flute? <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah. What if that? <laughs> sure. Like that's his dream, and he's just like wishfully practicing. This has gone off the rails so hard. <laughs> this episode jumps around so much. I do not have a good segue for this. So we are back with the who I had initially labeled as a construction worker, but he's a custodian at the hospital. He was driving yes. like a, a forklift or something, and he's yeah, the one for who kicked. Some yeah, he's the one who kicked Stegman's car to shut off the car alarm. And w- so now I'm like, okay, I get why he hates him because he probably has had dealings with him because he works in the hospital. And now we are with a sick little girl, and now we're back with Dave in the ambulance. 
<laughs> so literally, that's how that happens. The sick little girl. I expected her to exhibit some powers because she she's just like catatonic and she's being fed by a nurse and staring at Mr. Magoo. Do we know uh, why she's catatonic yet? Did they mention it or did I miss it? No, we don't know who that is. It's just okay. this is the first time we've seen this little girl. But like kids with mental disabilities in King stories usually end up having powers. So Ben, you said something that made me feel like I figured something out later. I'm going to jump real quick and then we're going to come back to where we are. She was watching Mr. Magoo. Is that Mm -hmm. who comes to the hospital later to visit the children's ward? (laughs) No, not at all. Uh, First of all, Mr. Magoo isn't German. Uh, (laughs) Not in this universe. That ghost did not seem to be blind. (laughs) <laughs> which is Mr. Magoo's whole thing. <laughs> wasn't bald. Like wasn't a thing. cartoon. <laughs> okay, fine. You know what? We'll we'll figure out later whether this hey. is true or not. It's only episode two. Who <laughs> yeah. knows? Could come Mr. Back. Magoo might show up. Yogi Bear, episode five. Who knows? Was this made by Hanna Barbera? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we are we are with Dave in the ambulance, and he is not alone. I love that, like, they finally get, a, like, his heart to beat again, and he's alive. He comes to just in time to see Ant Bear, and then dies again. Oh, yeah, and Ant Bear is like, no way, man, you're going to die. Did he, <laughs> did he make his heart stop, or did he just predict the future? I don't think he made his heart stop. I just think he's, like, waiting, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the Ant Bear has some sort of sense about life and death. And now we're with Otto, who's being controlled by his dog. That's okay. That's my question. Can he hear his dog? Because, I mean, some people talk to their pets and, you know, have the answers in their brain or whatever. And it could just be lucky, but it just I don't makes know. me wonder how many times I've talked to my cats and I've said what I think they're saying. And they're like, yeah, she can hear me. That's exactly what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, it's another weird scene where Otto sees, uh, what's his name? The the orderly. Bobby. Bobby, whose mother is Sally the Psychic. And he calls him and he says, hey, I got coffee for you. Come hang out with me because you're my best friend, I guess. I guess. And Bobby says, no, I got to get upstairs. My mom's about to have a seance normal yeah and uh the dog looks up from his bowl and we hear him say i have a what is it it's something weird a prune danish big boy yeah (laughs) and then otto (laughs) looks over at the dog looks at bobby and goes i got a prune danish too big boy and it's like first of all don't don't say that to him (laughs) (laughs) that's what his mom calls him (laughs) yeah it's i don't know i don't know man just just something to pay attention to, I guess, and, and keep in mind, see where that goes. <laughs> uh, okay, here's the thing. If this show wasn't as enjoyable as it is, I feel like we would be ripping it apart for some of these things. We would be. Oh, absolutely. But, but this show is so, for as much as we're making fun of some of these things, at its core, this show is so enjoyable and it's so easy to watch. It is extremely watchable and all of the the weirdness adds to it so much uh one of my favorite things about this episode didn't actually come 
from the episode. When, when I watch a lot of stuff, I like to uh, have the IMDb page open because what? I'm a, a huge nerd. For the On the IMDb page for Kingdom Hospital, I was scrolling through, reading the trivia, checking the cast and everything. But at the bottom, there are reviews, user reviews. And there's a user review. I wish I had it up right now. The user review compares this show. It says, this show does what a great show should and lets the viewer think for itself. Like other great, weird, very intellectual shows like Twin Peaks and Cop Rock. <laughs> so, um, I'm not familiar with Cop Rock. Is it an intellectual either. show? Cop Rock was the show in the 90s, I believe, that lasted five episodes, maybe, <laughs> because it was a police procedural a uh, by-the-books police procedural, but also a musical. No! It is one of the, like, notoriously worst shows ever put on TV. And this rando on IMDb compared it to Twin Peaks and Kingdom <laughs> Hospital. And well, that's hysterical. Stay tuned, listeners, for the three of us to review <laughs> that show on our Patreon. It'll just Please. be you and Ben. I hate musicals. Nope, you're in this. Nope. <laughs> Uh, ben, did you enjoy getting to see your nurse faint again? Absolutely. The second, <laughs> I don't even. What were who? They were operating on hit and run guy Dave. Dave? Yeah. And blood sprayed on her, and she just drops. It was a very cool visual. It was completely ridiculous that this huge, perfect line of blood sprays up, <laughs> and she just goes down. And no one reacts to it. What do you guys think about the fact that they're going to put Dave in with Peter? I I was very excited about that. I didn't know what, what could come of it, but the idea that them being in the same room, it reminded me of uh, Apt Pupil. Yeah. And I certainly thought that it was going to last longer than it did. <laughs> we'll get to that. Oh, here's where we meet Mr. Magoo in the flesh. He has crossed over from the cartoon world, much like Brad Pitt. So... <laughs> New M- new EMT is getting a soda and he's like looking around like he's feeling something like he has an intuition or he's spooked and no one is there. And then a second later, impossibly, because he would have seen him coming down the hall or had heard his footfalls, an old man appears and he's like, you know, in a German accent, tell me where they took the children. And he has Will you a- please try a German accent for that line? <laughs> I'd, re- I'd be really interested to hear it. Uh, tell me where they've took the children. Nailed it. I have terrible. Not bad. Thank you. No, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> Cutting that out. And <laughs> <laughs> he has a very, very old school doctor bag. And EMT tells him, and Josh, help me on this, uh, that pediatrics is on the seventh floor. EMT guy looks totally disturbed, and then he walks away and doesn't tell anybody that there might be a creep after kids in the hospital. <laughs> that is standard operating procedure. Yes. Oh, okay. That's the answer I thought. The you the, gave. the weirder you are, the more of a wide berth everyone gives you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was it just me, or was the old man like digitally sepia toned? Yes, I felt that same way. Like I. I couldn't place it until you just said that, but something about him visually looked just off. You, that's yeah, why he, I thought he was a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> God, you guys. Fair enough. <laughs> I think this is our final shot, and so far nothing else comes of it. We're back with the little girl who we saw earlier who is being force-fed, 
and she is, or I guess spoon fed. <laughs> she wasn't being forced fed. That's pretty <laughs> harsh. She's like rocking back and forth in the dark. Like she's waiting for the ghost doctor that the EMT just sent up there. Yeah. And then, nope, nothing. That's for a later episode, I guess. Now we're in the operating room with Dave and Nurse Faints, like you guys said. And Mary is there too. She is nearby watching the procedure. So we get more of Sally in this episode, which I thought was interesting. Oh boy. I want to talk about Sally for a moment. Now, I want to make sure I heard, I, I understand this correctly. The reason, okay, not only she wants to correct whatever essence is happening in the hospital, but the reason she is gathering these patients is because they are the patients that are dying and the dying are powerful because they have a connection. Their connection to the other side is already being established. So she's only gathering for the seance, those who are in the worst health to do this. Is that the vibe you guys got? Yes. I kind of missed that. I like that though. I was, to me, it felt more like grown up it situation. Like all these people (laughs) who had this prior experience maybe coming back to finish something or take care of something. Yeah, but none of them none of them except for Sally have any interest really in this. I think the only the other people are only there because it's something to do. Well, no maybe. one really seems like they they seem interested interested enough to participate, but not like anything's actually going to happen. Maybe she woke them up from nap. That could be. Yeah, people who have just taken a nap are closer to the other side because <laughs> the the connection is already being established, I guess. <laughs> Sleep is where the veil is the thinnest. That almost checks out. <laughs> it almost no, does. Later on, later on the, we see a, after this might be skipping ahead, I do not remember because this episode is edited so crazy but later on we have dave brought in to this room and we hear the voiceover of hook from last episode saying like the inside of the human mind is the the biggest scariest haunted house of them all and it does like a crazy zoom in to his face but then into his brain and then ends up in the old kingdom where he's running around and seeing all kinds of crazy, scary stuff. But he's not dying, so maybe the old kingdom is dreamland? I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> We're going to keep it in realized. case that's right. It's a sound theory. So it's seance time. Not yet, because we got to jump a few more times. Ah, God so, damn it. <laughs> Lenny starts talking. Okay, guys, uh, does Lenny have vampire eyes? He has, I swear to God. He has very like, scary eyes. Yeah, they were yeah, like yellow does. with dark pupils. Okay, thank you. So he says that someone's right behind him, and it's the Emperor of Ice Cream. Do you remember where we most recently read about the Emperor of Ice Cream on our show? Of course. It was uh, Salem's Lot. Lot. Okay. Yeah, but it's, it's not uh, as exciting yeah, as I thought it would be. It's a poem about being dead, so... There, there are so many interpretations for that poem, though. We didn't really like dig into that when we when it, we covered it in Salem's Lot because arguably it was not the most interesting thing that we could cover in those episodes. There's a lot of uh, I, I looked it up and read the poem again, and there's so much discussion on like the true meaning of that poem. Well, hit us with something. The most common thread of it seems to be that 
the the emperor of ice cream is is death like that's the the most obvious answer because ice cream just like life is fleeting and you should enjoy it while it is there and that seems to be where at least where this interpretation of that comes from i remember something about it being about being dead i don't know well like it it's um if i remember right it's kind of framed around like a wake yeah and that's and that's where all this symbolism comes from is that this wake where you are mourning the death of someone that the ice cream is the representation of life because it's you know have the ice cream while it's still here live life while you still can live life because if you wait and never eat the ice cream you're never going to get to the ice cream guys sure. i want ice cream that, that sounds <laughs> as right as anything Ooh, i just got ice cream delivered today you all, right, bitch. Anyway. all right so lenny asks sally if they are going to make the circle and she says that there's someone here who needs them and rather than going into the seance we got to cut away back to peter who i thought would be you know like awake but he's apparently still kind of coming in and out of whatever possibly dreamlike state that he's in and mrs rickman is natalie's really upset but she's really checking out that hook dong she can hardly focus on what dr hook is telling her because his flies unzipped also peter notices that his fly is down and his eyes are closed yes what is the deal with that i don't understand so Dr. Hook's prognosis is quite different than it was the day before. Oh, God. Okay, I'm sorry. The best line in the episode, in all the episodes so far, is I giggled like a child when Peter said, who gave you a license to sell hot dogs? <laughs> in reference to Dr. Hook's open fly. Yes. It, yes. That is definitely the kingiest line <laughs> of the episode. I can just, I can so clearly see King sitting at his big writing desk, writing the script of this episode, and just like smugly smiling to himself after writing that line of like, that's hilarious. (laughs) I am very funny. (laughs) And he is right. Dr. Stegman interrupts at this point as Dr. Hook is trying to talk to Mrs. Rickman, and even Peter thinks that Stegman is an idiot. Okay, seance time. Do you guys love the idea of just a group of old folks in a hospital room somewhere having a seance? Wouldn't you love to stumble on that? (laughs) Yes, I have not (laughs) thought of it like that. (laughs) But now I'm imagining just like being in a hospital and opening the wrong door. And there's just a ton of old folks sitting around a Ouija board or whatever. That would make my day. Fuck, you guys are having a better day than I am. That is a story I would ride for years. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but before we get to the seance, I was wrong again. Dr. Stegman is giving Hook a ton of shit for Sally's MRI. It's so smug. And uh, this is like one of the few times that I'm on board with Stegman. Really? Because for all, well, yeah, because. She she didn't need the MRI. Okay, because I was going to ask you about what Dr. Hook said about the thing they see. The the UBO, the unidentified yeah. bright object. I Okay, if, and because this is a king book, it likely will turn out to be something. Or not a king book, it's king script. 
So it's likely going to end up meaning something, but odds are like, it's just something it's a made up excuse to justify his scan for an MRI that he should have known was not necessary or needed because she's a hypochondriac. Yeah. This is definitely a way more save the cat than anything that would happen in the real world. It's just, they need an excuse to show okay, Dr. Hook is the good guy and he's going to fight for the underdog and stand up for his patient. Is Stegman technically maybe right? Doesn't matter because that doesn't help the story. (laughs) Even if he's right, he's still an asshole. (laughs) For sure. Oh, yeah. The fact that he tried to use it as a, a to obviously rub it in his face to the point where he pulled him away from a patient just to do it and make an example out of him just shows the kind of person Stegman is super unprofessional to do something like that. Right. So before Stegman is going to drag hook along to confront Sally, before we get to see the seance, we are back in Peter's room and he recognizes Dave as they bring him in and aunt bear shows up and gets a little bit scary yeah, that's a little spooky. It's still it's trying to figure out what the correlation between Rickman and Ant Bear really is. Because he's obviously not just a an observer because he's already kind of interfered and he'll interfere further as this episode goes. I thought that Peter had brought Ant Bear to life somehow with his painting. And so I, I was thinking in the first episode, I was thinking of Ant Bear as tied specifically to peter but this episode made me question whether he's actually tied to peter or peter just sees him that way because of his painting yeah i hadn't thought of that but i don't think he can be because ant bear also has some sort of relationship and connection to mary the the little girl ghost and peter doesn't know anything about mary yet right Right. So if if Ant Bear came from Peter, that would mean that he has some sort of connection to the ghosts of the hospital and we haven't been shown that yet. Yeah, or or his particular kind of shine which allows him to bring things he paints to life makes them so yeah. real that a ghost could interact with them. Like it's on the same level as whatever universe or dimension ghosts exist in. All of that makes exactly <laughs> as much sense as Otto talking to his dog. So I would buy uh, it. Let's go with I'd it. I'd buy any of it. Let's talk about the scene with Stegman and Sally. Because I know she's a hypochondriac, and I know Stegman's right, but Jesus Christ. He's <laughs> he's really he, shitty about it. Like, not professional at all. You can tell somebody they've done something wrong. You can, I guess, quote unquote, put them in their place and still have class and grace about it. And he had none of that. He is more interested in using Sally as more ammo against Hook. He doesn't give a shit about Sally. He, he, his idea is that if he goes in and he makes a big embarrassing spectacle kicking her out, that it's just going to like demoralize Hook even further and make him more and more embarrassed. She, she's just uh, a means to an end. I, I completely agree. I, he, he seems like the kind of person that if Hook had waited and would have fucking bowed at his feet and, you know, said, can I give this lady an MRI? 
this is your call, you're the big man on campus, Stegman wouldn't have fucking cared. But it is because Hook went behind his back, disrespected him in the middle of this meeting, that this is all, this is purely revenge. It has nothing to do with Sally at all. Absolutely. And it should have literally everything to do with Sally because she is the patient. She is the important one in this moment. One other thing I want to bring up to this scene, in the lead up to Stegman busting into this room and yelling at an old lady, she is in the middle of the seance and she is saying, there's someone coming. There's someone coming and they want someone in this circle. Uh, He's tall and blonde and a dick. (laughs) <laughs> and, all of and just as before he like it cuts back and forth between her saying this and him like walking down the hall lit very darkly and menacingly it's where's where's this sally woman and she says he means me harm just as he busts in is this setting up stegman to be more truly evil than the like right now he's like bureaucratically evil you know he's an evil of the system is he going to turn into some like actual big bad i took it as he will be sort of a an evil that is not that is without intent but through his unwillingness to be flexible or to believe when i assume you know things are going to come to a head he's going to cause harm it's going to be our jack uh, hoskins yeah yeah I love we finally coined that term. (laughs) Makes it so much easier to explain. One more thing I want your guys' thoughts on. Ben, you mentioned that we are cutting back and forth between Sally beginning her seance and Stegman dragging Hook and everyone who is nearby along to, you know, have his moment. I was kind of hoping because of the way that she was talking about him. We knew she was talking about Stegman because we were cutting back and forth. I kind of wanted us to not see him making that journey and and just have her talking about the scary, pitiful creature who means her harm and then him bursting through the door. I think that would have been more tense than... I'm not... Sh- it would have been more tense, but I, it wouldn't have been as funny. And I think that, I think that was almost played to be more humorous than anything else. It's interesting you say that because I feel like this show so far walks a very fine line between when to be funny and when to be serious. That it shouldn't be able to pull off, but it somehow does. This show has King's sense of humor. Very, very evident. I feel like King books do this a lot, where there will be moments of like, is King trying to tell a joke right now in the middle of this, like, what should be a very tense or uh, scary book? (laughs) <laughs> and I feel like this this show has that in spades. All right. So we are seance interrupted. So we cut back to Dave. And Dave is in the old kingdom. And he's being chased by something that is having a physical effect on his body in New Kingdom. Speaking of sequences that should be scary and aren't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's in the old kingdom. And he's running through these crazy hallways that we've seen Peter in before. And he's seeing all of these visions. He sees Peter hanging from a noose and he looks up and says, this is your fault. He sees the old man from the seance who yells about the emperor of ice cream again, which is very weird. But the thing that completely undercuts this entire 
segment is the ending. The, by, by the end, you mean the, the, in the real world end of this? No, the uh, the final thing he sees in his dream, the Emperor of Ice Cream. Oh, yeah, where it's the vampire boy in it's an Paul. ice cream outfit. It's Paul. Sorry. <laughs> it's classic Paul in his ice cream outfit. It's, it, yeah, it's the, the scary vampire, question mark, boy from the last episode. He's literally dressed like an, an ice cream man from, like, a 50s sitcom. Yes, it's... And he holds so, up, and he's like, what is? What does he say? Would you like a icicle or a fudgesicle? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then hisses, and that's it's, the end of the sequence. Yeah, wasn't that how your guys' ice cream man always gave you your ice cream? You made your choice, <laughs> and then he hissed at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I did grew you, up next to a prison. <laughs> I was gonna say, CM, did you grow up in Nightvale? What are you talking? About? <laughs> does Aunt Bear tear out Dave's heart? No. What does he do? He sabotages his breathing tube. Oh, is okay. that what he does? Mine yeah. was cooler. He's got like a trach tube and he uh, pulls it out so he stops getting oxygen. So, because oh. I, I assume my first thought is it has to be, it makes it sound like he's chewing through his body. But I, when you think about how that would manifest in the real world, I think maybe it's he is just because he pulls away with something in it and it's, mm-hmm. I think it's part of the tube. Okay, that makes mm. sense. Yeah, it's not clear. <laughs> that segment is not, uh, was not. Yeah, I had to go back and watch it a couple times because it didn't make any sense. And this next part is cool, though. Peter speaks and he says, I heard the bell. Her name is Mary. And then he kind of goes back under. It's super creepy. I- I'm a really curious. As we get further, I'm very excited to learn more about Mary and her bell and and what this... Because we know the connection with the hospital comes from the fact that she died in the fire. Sure, we know that narratively because of the uh, old man voiceover from episode one. But I'm just really curious to see what is what is this connection? Why Why is this connection? I really miss old man voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> Where was he this episode? I think he might just be gone, man. I think that might oh. be it for oh. a voiceover. That's a bummer. We forgot to mention one thing, and it, it's kind of important oh, because it God. leads to... Is it the date? Oh No, man. Oh, no. I'm going to get to that. I have stuff oh, to say. Okay, cool. Great. So in this confrontation, because we're going back and forth so much, um, Stegman just berates Sally, and he tells Hook that he needs to discharge her. And if he's not going to discharge her... Then Brenda, who pops a hard boner for Stegman every time he acts like a jerk, <laughs> then Brenda's supposed to. There are two nurses that seem, they aren't so much characters as they are, I don't know, their only characteristic is this is Stegman's nurse and this is Hook's nurse, and that's it. Neither of them are great. No. Now, my favorite scene, because it, I think supports my theory from last episode about Elmer and Dr. Hottie. He <laughs> Elmer sets up and I do not know how I feel about this scene, but <laughs> in the morgue, the morgue with dead bodies around, he sets up a candlelit, pretty nice looking dinner, like with wine and everything. I like way to reach for someone way out of your league, Elmer. <laughs> That's the thing about the scene is Elmer a creep yes yes yeah, I think or so. no i yes. think he probably is yeah probably but 
but like, she she can get up and leave and she doesn't she yeah he's he doesn't seem lecherous he isn't like uh, drooling all over himself he's like i've set up this very nice dinner in a real weird way <laughs> and i'm being kind of like up front about i am hitting on you but it it does it never seemed like she's kind of into it right i can't tell if she's into it or irritated okay elmer is harold lauder but a is he okay here hear me out they there are similarities maybe it's not a direct one-to-one correspondence but his attitude to me came across with the same entitlement that harold always came off Mm. with like he sets up this dinner and the fact that she would even consider not staying for it bothers him. And he like, he almost, I don't know. He doesn't exactly bully her into staying by any means, but he like really like she's trying to leave and he's like, no, no, just, just one, one drink or just, just like little things that are kind of taking away her agency a little bit. I felt like he doesn't take no for an answer. And that's, what's creepy about it. Yeah. Everything else is like this really sort of out there effort that he's made that you know either is gonna scare someone away or charm them but then he doesn't accept when she's like no not interested right and that's that it's that no part that that is that entitlement of like i went to all this work how are you can i can't believe you wouldn't want to stay here for this and at least hear me out and it leads us to our very problematic tv and movie trope of you know what he was right he all he had to do was force her to stay and look at she's kind of into (laughs) it true yeah well you've convinced me fuck this guy (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm really hoping like i told you guys i i watched this show back when it was on and i was in like middle school that was a weird choice good job my parents (laughs) there are a few small details that i remember i'm really hoping I'm remembering Elmer's story arc correctly because <laughs> we're going to get to an episode that is going to uh, blow you guys' fucking minds. It's great. Well, I can't wait I can't for wait. that. We are getting close to the end of, of the second episode of Kingdom Hospital. Most important thing, I think, in the series so far, Dr. Hook is escorting Sally out of her hospital room down the hall, and she's trying to bring him in the loop on the ghost shenanigans. But more importantly, for the first time ever in this poor woman's life, she enters an elevator with another living human being. <laughs> yeah, she she's as they're going down, she's just like, there's fucking ghosts. And you know it, Hook. And he's never disagrees. He's a chill-ass doctor. <laughs> yeah. But then they actually hear Mary crying. He hears it too, and he stops the elevator. What did you guys think? Because normally, and I know it's it's a miniseries, so this probably explains it, but I like to pretend I don't know that. Normally, you would get this character coming around much later. And he's like, wait, I also heard a ghost girl. Hold on. Hold the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is very interesting. Like, if this had been planned out as a regular series, having the main characters on board with the supernatural elements so quickly means it's got to escalate 
into some pretty crazy areas. And I would be very interested in finding out what the fuck those are. (laughs) So Sally tells Dr. Hook that this this is not I mean, they both know they're nowhere near the children's ward. So it can't be someone from there. And she's like, you know that this is not a living human voice. This is the voice of someone coming from the Swedenborgian space. And both Dr. Hook and I at the same time go, what? (laughs) Okay, so I I didn't know this, but it is a philosophical and religious doctrine that was created by a guy named Emanuel Swedenborg. And it's about the spiritual structure of the universe. And there's some Jesus in there, too. And that's all I know. Do you guys know anything about it? Absolutely not. He she said it, and uh, exactly, I was I laughed when Hook was like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's right. That's the right reaction." And then I immediately forgot what it meant or what she said because I assumed it was just more nonsense. I did not know that was a real thing. (laughs) Doctor Hook does something that I don't know. Did you guys anticipate his next move? I thought it was really ballsy. And it's really cool. Like everything we've known about Dr. Hook is that he is a man of action. So it was really cool that he just is like, fuck it. If there's a voice coming from up here, I'm going to follow this lead and see where this voice is coming from. So I, but I didn't expect it. But as soon as it started happening, I was really excited that he was climbing up on top of the elevator. And he does definitely find something there. And then he finds some more things (laughs) or some things find him. He sees the doll that we got glimpses of in episode one that's sitting on top of the elevator and has no reason to be there. And as he's holding it and looking at it, Mary's face just appears in the darkness and scares the shit out of him. And he drops the doll down the elevator shaft. Which is apparently bottomless. Yeah. How tall is this fucking hospital? Well, that's Ben. You figured it out. That's where the old kingdom is. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's not sleep it's a, it's a literal place <laughs> it's the basement <laughs> well we know there's at least seven floors because that's where pediatrics yeah. is so that's where the episode ends but we know that dr hook is safe because mary's bell is not ringing couple questions for you guys about this episode the emt sees the ghost doctor i presume where did that guy go and what's he doing? Because we don't see him again. If I had to guess, I would say he definitely has something to do with the comatose girl because mm-hmm. they're introduced pretty much back to back to each other. And uh, we also she, she also disappears from the rest of this episode. So they have to be involved somehow. And what do you guys think Dr. Hook is going to do with Sally now that he knows she's right? Because I assume she's going to try to to get him to let her stay and do what she needs to do. I think that's why we have the whole discussion about the, the MRI and we have, we go into that. I think that it's going to be a matter of him. Now he's going to like either run another test on her and be like, well, you dismissed the MRI. So before we'd kicked her out, I decided to, you know, make us not liable. We did this, this, and then fake some results or something. And like get her admitted or something. Last question for you two. Will Elmer and Dr. Hottie ever tie the knot? Oh my God. (laughs) I don't even, I don't know where that subplot is going. It's a subplot that doesn't affect anything. Yeah. Has nothing (laughs) to do with anything. If it were not there, 
the episode would not be affected at all. They are the Harold and Nadine of Kingdom Hospital, <laughs> and I won't hear any other way about it. But in a in a typical hospital show, which I admitted I haven't watched until now, isn't there always some romantic subplot? I mean, are they just fulfilling that I mean, part of things? <laughs> That's every network show ever made. There has to be a romantic subplot. And I guess if there's going to be a King show, it should be really weird and out of place. So, Like our last King miniseries, romantic subplots. (laughs) I don't want to talk about the Rose Red romantic (laughs) subplots. But no, I will say like it is very, it's perfect King to have the first date of a love interest story take place in a morgue. Before we wrap, do you guys want to make any predictions for what might happen in the third episode? Like I said, I've, I've watched this show, but I remember very, very little of it. So um, I don't know. I, I hope they eventually get around to explaining what the hell Paul's deal is. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, me too. I'm really curious to see how he's really tied into all this. I think next episode, my predictions for next episode, we are going to see Stegman's car. We're going to hear an animal talk and someone else is going to get moved into Peter's room. Those are my three things that are going to happen. If this show is following any pattern, that's it. One of those things. <laughs> oh, what if they put Sally in Peter's room? <gasps> oh, that'd be too Then everybody's together. <laughs> well, that's it for this episode of Dairy Public Radio. As always, thank you for listening. Join us next time as we cover episode three of Kingdom Hospital. For Benjamin Graham and CM Alexander, I'm Joshua Khan reminding you, it's terrible to be so ill. Hey everyone, CM Alexander here. Thank you for listening to part two of Kingdom Hospital. We would love to know what you think of the series on our social media at Dairy Public Radio or send us an email at dairypublicradio at gmail.com. Thank you to everyone who has rated and reviewed us on iTunes and to our Patreon members for your continued support. You guys rock so much. All of you guys rock so much. I'm going to keep it short and sweet today. We hope that you are all staying safe. That's all for now, listeners. Goodbye.